Aloha guys, this is Jason from Hawaii. I'm here at the amazing Comic-Con and this is the third and final day and you know I am going to be I have here with me Frank Mastro Morrow. Frank, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. And I'm going to ask you, sorry, did I did I pronounce your last name correctly? Sorry. Yeah, you did great. Yep, Mastro Morrow, no problem. Thank you. <laughs> um and Frank, before we started, I know I told I told you I'm going to tell the listeners I have to apologize on air because when we did our interview last year, you were great. You were great. But when I listened to him, I'm like, oh, my God, why did I ask him some of these questions? Oh, God, it sounded bad. But like I said, you were great. So thank you very much for letting me do a follow-up interview with you. Thank you very much. Of course. Of course. No problem at all. All right. And then... <laughs> Frank, if you don't mind, for the, for our new listeners, can can you tell can you tell us um, what your role is at Aspen Comics? Sure, I am co-owner of Aspen Comics with Peter Steigerwald. Mm -hmm. After Michael Turner passed away, he left the company to myself and Peter. Mm -hmm. So for all these years, I've been the president. I've run the show from carrying boxes to planning books to going over schedules to bringing in new talent. Uh, you name it, I've done it over the years. I also write and create several of the books at Aspen from Shrugged, which originally was something that I created with Michael Turner years ago, to Delic, which I co-create with Vince Hernandez, to my own book Overtaken, and then I have a few new, new books coming up. So I, I do quite a bit there. Okay, I'm going to go off sidetrack. Over you wrote, you wrote Overtaken. Yep. Yeah, that was my book that I created and wrote. How long ago did, did that come out? Like a two or three years ago? How, uh, it, it came out. It took too long to come out. No, no, that no. was one of our oh. anniversary books during the anniversary year, and oh. it took me probably about close to two years to finish my entire series, which was two years too long. But honestly, it's very difficult for me to get a lot done at work creatively, yeah. just because I'm so busy. So. Um, I'm not built for a monthly book at the moment just due to my work schedule, but I try. And so Overtaken was my book. Had a lot of fun, sort of a reverse alien invasion type yeah. story, and it was a lot of fun. So, Because you know why? I'm going to be honest with you. Because I believe that was the first book that I, um, that I got from Aspen. Of course, now I've got, as the listeners know, I have it on my reading stacks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I appreciate that. Thank you. But... Uh, yeah, Overtaken was, was a lot of fun. Uh, people keep asking if there's going to be a follow-up to it because I sort of left it on a little bit of a cliffhanger. Uh, no spoilers, but yeah, definitely people keep asking if it's coming back or not. And then Delic's a lot of fun. Vince and I just did the second volume of that last year. And then I have a new idea for a project coming up this summer, which I'm working on now. So That's pretty cool. Now, um, this is the segue that we're going into. We're going to talk about the books that you guys... Um, are producing again last year you almost had security take take you take me out of your booth because <laughs> I never read any of the Aspen comics but thank you very much you corrected that and then um, because the one that I started to read was Lola XOXO mm -hmm. correct Lola is Sia Um's book which she writes creates draws colors uh, everything herself it's unbelievable how amazing Sia is on that title uh, it's been a very popular series for us. She's currently wrapping up Volume 3. Mm -hmm. Issue 5 just came out. Issue 6 is the final one of Volume 3, which comes out in about a month or so. And that will wrap up Volume 3 and kind of bring Sia's entire story full circle from what she began in Volume 1. So she's really happy and proud about that. And that 
you know, we'll see what happens with Ola afterwards. Got to discuss that with Sia, but a lot of people have really taken Alola. As I mentioned, it was definitely a popular book for us, still is to this day. The trade sell very, very good. We're sold out of Volume 1 here already at the show, which is great. Uh, volume 2 and Waste on Madam, there's only a few left, so it's great. A lot of people respond to it very positively, which we appreciate, and I know Sia loves because she works really hard on that title and wants to make sure she puts out a good book for people to enjoy. Can you just give um, the listeners like what the story premise of Lola is? Sure. Lola obviously stars the main character Lola mm -hmm. and the premise is that when she was a young girl she went to visit her grandparents and this catastrophic event decimated America so when you pick up with Lola volume one you fast forward approximately 20 years later and Lola is now part of this tribe and instead of going it's a little post-apocalyptic but instead of going Mad Max style with gasoline trucks and diesel engines and stuff like that it goes more western-y mm -hmm. uh, kind of like the Red Dead Redemption, the video game, or Fallout, uh, deals with more trade and barter and cannibalism and things like that. She definitely throws a lot of that in there, but it's really cool because it's told from a full, fem fully female perspective of Sia writing the book and giving that voice to Lola and her journey to try to discover what happened with her family, what happened you know, to the state of America and the world and try to figure all of that out. And in the meantime, all the crazy stuff that happens on that on that journey on her trying to find her parents. And then another book that you're talking to me about um, at the convention this past weekend, now correct me if I'm wrong, Dead Man's, Dead Man's Run? Dead Man's Run. Yeah, that's actually been out for quite some time. That was a really cool book that Greg Pak, uh, we had the pleasure of working with him and he wrote that book for us. And we did it in uh, conjunction with Valhalla Entertainment, Galen Hurd's production company. They're good friends of ours. We worked with them for years. Uh, one of our movies was set up there for quite some time, and we've worked on a few projects for them. And that particular title was something that they brought to us that we helped develop. As I mentioned, Greg wrote it. And uh, Tony Parker, fantastic artist, good friend of ours, he, he drew it and turned out amazing about a... Basically, it's the first innocent gets sent to hell, and the brother tries to save save her and that's the story and, and it's amazing because the brother he's a cartographer mm -hmm. so he has a, a photographic memory and knows how to escape hell but cannot do it on his own so he has to put together the most ragtag worst villains and people in history to try to escape and the story just takes so many twists and turns and Greg Pak just weaves such an intricate amazing story with all of it with them trying to get free yet everything that transpires on the way it's easily one of my favorite stories that we've published and it was a great self-contained story that as I mentioned has been out for quite some years now but I know Valhalla is still keen on potentially making that into a feature film at some point which would be fantastic because yeah. uh, I think it really would lend itself to another medium besides comics. Yeah. Are there any upcoming new books or new projects that you can talk about that Aspen's going to be putting out this year? For sure. Uh, obviously, Fathom and so far are two flagship books. Uh -huh. And we do have the upcoming Fathom Volume 9, which starts up next month, which we're really excited about. Uh, even though Fathom Volume 8, which finished up last year, was a self-contained story in the next volume, Volume 9 does pick up immediately after that and pushes the story forward even more with 
Vince Hernandez writing, taking helm on that. He's doing a fantastic job. We have Mauricio Campatella on art duties again, taking care of making sure it looks amazing. Peter Steigerwald will be doing all the colors. So it's going to look as great as can be. And then that will go... We have six issues planned that will last all through summer. And the following month, we have a brand new Soulfire series starting up. It's next the not it's not the next volume of the proper Soulfire series, but it's called Soulfire Exiled, mm -hmm. and it is all about Grace and what happened at the end of Volume Eight. So this story will fit perfectly in between Soulfire's Volume Eight and Volume Nine once that begins. But this entire story is all about Grace mm -hmm. and what is going on in her situation. No spoilers once again, but uh, we left Grace in a very precarious situation at the end of Volume 8. And this new series, Exiled for Soulfire, will tell that entire tale. And we're really excited because we're going to be... JT Kroll is writing it. Jordan Gunnarsson, uh, one of our longtime Aspen artists who's an incredible friend, an incredible artist. He's worked on so many different titles from us, from No World to his own book, Dissension War Eternal. And Jordan's going to be doing the art for this series which we're really excited because all of his designs and everything he's turned in look look fantastic and over the next couple months we'll be announcing more and more information about both Fathom and Soulfire Exiled as the books approach as I said Fathom is mid-April and the new Soulfire Exiled number one is in mid-May. I'm going to ask Ken because you know at this convention I picked up I think one of the trades for Fathom can you explain to me and the listeners just the story, you know, what the story of Fathom is about. Sure, Fathom's been around for quite some time, obviously. It debuted in 1998, was the biggest selling book of that year, and Michael Turner's first original creation, which has thankfully endured for so long. And it's all about Aspen Matthews, who's a marine biologist, and she was born under the water, but grew up on land. And that's what the entire story is about, is discovering that there's a whole different race of humanity mm -hmm that has thrived and developed beneath the waves, beneath the ocean that those living above the surface never knew were even there. Mm -hmm. And the original volume one of Fathom told that tale of what happens when those two worlds discovered that they were there. Well, well when the, the people under the water always knew that the land people were there, but obviously not vice versa. So that whole story came about and we discovered Aspen and everybody fell in love with her. And over the years, we've just continued the story with that, introduced tons of new characters, obviously Killian, uh, the main villain, quote-unquote, because some people believed in what he was trying to achieve in the story. Some people were against it. Uh, but he's endured, and we've had a lot of great creators over the years come in and lend their hand to fathom for different stories and different artwork and whatnot. And we're really proud that we can keep pushing Michael's vision and Michael's story forward. Uh, it's something that I take very personal because, I, I mean, Mike was my best friend and I, I will constantly push forever to ensure that his legacy and his stories are, are out there for people to enjoy. No, that's really, that's really nice, Frank. And one of the ways that you're continuing to push Michael's legacy is the, um, correct me if I'm wrong, the um, Fathom um, animated movie, right? Any word on that? Correct, yeah. So several years ago, uh, David Mizell, who was one of the founders of Marvel Studios, uh, fantastic man, one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life, and he had such an incredible vision for how to build Marvel into the 
powerhouse it is today. I mean, the biggest movie producing studio ever, pretty much, with those movies now. And he came on board, is now the co-owner of Aspen Comics, and has taken our properties to his newly created Mythos Studios, his own studio house, and he's in the middle of, right now, pre-production on the Fathom and Soulfire animated features. So, the Turnerverse, which David calls it, which is fantastic, is right now in the early stages, but the Fathom animated movie, the Soulfire animated movie are both in the works, uh, fully 3D animated, uh, similar to the Frozen's or Despicable Me's of the world, except they're going to be done in Michael Turner's art style. So similar to how Spider-Verse sort of changed the game with how big feature animated movies can look and feel, uh, we are also wanting to revolutionize how animated movies can look and feel with these two properties and then just push it forward into the future. So uh, I cannot be prouder and more grateful of David and his team for what they're achieving and what they're getting going with these two properties. Uh, towards the end of last year, we announced the directors, uh, Kevin and Joe are two of the hardest working, smartest guys I've ever met. They're taking these properties uh, to a place where they're keeping so much of what Michael put into the books mm -hmm. and made them special, yet bringing them to a much bigger audience. And they're doing it so respectfully, and it's so incredible to watch. Mm -hmm. And just to have the knowledge that Michael would be so proud and happy and just smiling from ear to ear uh, with these two movies and the way they're getting made is just fantastic and this year we hope to have some more information out probably by spring or summer in regards to the movies and just keep giving more info to the fans and public and build it up as, as we get closer to the eventual release date hopefully. That sounds great. Now Frank I'm gonna, we're going to continue on now, I remember last year during an interview, you are a big, incredible Hulk fan. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. uh, ever since five years old, uh, Hulk has been my favorite. Love, love that guy and uh, definitely a huge fan. Over the years, I've met and became friends with so many of the Hulk artists on the comics. And I buy a lot of people who know me know I collect original Hulk art and I have a really big collection. So, yeah, definitely Hulk is my favorite for sure. I, I love our properties, but Hulk will always have that special place in my heart. For sure. Um, how did you like um, Smart Hulk in Endgame? I did like Smart Hulk. Uh, like, like we were talking prior to going on air, my, one of my favorite moments, of course, in Avengers when, well, Bruce ben, uh, when Bruce looks back and says, that's my secret, I'm always angry, and just mm -hmm. turns into Hulk, and it's just so classic. And seeing Smart Hulk was great as well because I loved Peter David and Dale Keown's run on the book, one of my favorite stories. Uh, definitely could have used a little more Hulk fighting in that movie, for, I guess, give him a few good fighting moments. Uh, definitely would have wished we could have seen a little more, but just having that cool reminiscent shot of him holding up the building after the explosion from Secret Wars 4 cover and stuff, that, that, that was great. And overall... I, I thought it was fantastic. I, I want to see more and definitely see him get involved more, and I hope Marvel has some good plans for him in the future. Since we're talking about the Hulk, have you met um, Lou Ferrigno, who starred in the original TV, um, Hulk TV series, 
or have you um, met Mark Ruffalo? So never had the opportunity to meet Mark yet. Mm -hmm. uh, looking forward to that day when it comes. Uh, I definitely have met Lou several times. Uh, one of the earliest memories was when Michael Turner and I met him years ago. I'm talking 18, 20 years ago at, at Pittsburgh Con. And we were sitting in a bar having a drink and Lou was by us and Mike and I were going to play darts with a few people and Lou was sitting there and Mike just made a funny joke. Hey Lou, do you mind watching our coats or something like that? And Lou just kind of smiles at Mike, you know, tips his beer to him or whatever he was drinking at the time and was like, I got your back. And it was pretty cool because he was nice with us. Uh, definitely no complaints from my end because I've met him a, a couple times and he's always been cordial and nice and that was just a cool memory because he was super cool with Mike so anybody who's cool with Mike is always cool with me so that's pretty nice um, I'm gonna start wrapping this up when is your guys next um, convention appearance so coming up pretty quick uh, we are not doing C2E2 next weekend that's just a little too fast of a turnaround for us but our next appearance will be at Emerald City in a couple weeks up in yeah. Seattle so we're looking forward to that and then after Emerald City, uh, we'll be traveling for not too far from us, but uh, to Anaheim for WonderCon, which we're excited about. And then after that, we'll be Fan Expo Dallas. And that wraps up March. And then into April, we have several more shows, uh, Megacon, mm -hmm. uh, Comic, uh, Comic Revolution. Uh, we're looking forward to that. And then pushing on through the summer, we'll have Phoenix, a few other shows, probably Amazing Las Vegas, which will be a lot of fun. Yeah and then the march to comic-con so we have quite a few shows so anybody out there uh, listening if you're looking to see aspen comics you'll have quite a few opportunities all around the states because we definitely try to get around and visit all of our fans that's something that michael built our company on was being a very people person company and we try to do at least 12 to 15 different shows a year go out meet our fans thank them for picking up all of our stuff and just making sure we're, we're available when people want to talk and have questions and ask about our stuff so that's pretty cool. Now, I can't remember. I think, I think Mark Ruffalo may be coming to Emerald City. I could be wrong. Ooh, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll have to try to see if I can pop in there and meet him in the green room or something. Uh, <laughs> that'd be cool. Okay. Now, if you guys, now if you guys are invited back to Amazing, and if Mark Ruffalo is at Emerald City, yeah. can we do a follow-up interview next year? Because I want to hear if you meet, ever met him. Uh, for sure. That would be no problem. And I just thought about it. The green room is just made for him only. So, yeah, maybe he'll have his own spot or something. Uh, <laughs> that would be pretty cool. So, we'll see. <laughs> you can't just wander in accidentally. Oh, yeah. hey, I, I'm sorry. Wrong turn, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I try to get some good credentials so yeah. that I, I can meet him and, and not be like a stalker or something. So. <laughs> Um, Frank, any last words to our um, listeners? No, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, definitely Aspen Comics. We've been around 17 plus years now. Uh, I know some of our stuff is known to people. Some of it isn't. So if anybody has any questions or wants to check out some of our books, just go to AspenComics.com. We have all synopsis of our properties up there. And we are so, so... Uh, available on social media through our Instagram, through our Twitter, through our Facebook. You can find us at Aspen Comics uh, proper. And if you have questions, want to find information, where we're going to be, anything about our books, uh, we post up stuff all the time. We always have cool contests, cool giveaways. So check it out because there's always a way to get Aspen books and, and see what we're all about. Frank, again, thank you very much for letting me do a follow-up interview. Really, thank you very much. No, of course. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. But well, thank you very much again. Thank you for your time. Um, 
yeah so I think that's it yeah until next time guys aloha so three two one aloha guys this is Jason from Hawaii I'm here at the amazing comic-con aloha and it's the third day and basically the convention is winding down but I am here at one of Hawaii's own David Nakayama David um, you know thanks for coming back onto the podcast Hi, thanks for having me. Always nice talking to you. Oh, thank you very much. And just for the listen, you know, um, um, you're, I, you know, I know you're an artist, but can you just, like, give our new listeners, like, li- you know, like, um, what do you do and so forth? Sure. I, I'm a freelancer these days, full-time. Uh, a lot of my work is covers mm-hmm. uh, for Marvel. Mm-hmm. I do all kinds of different things mm-hmm. over there. Uh, if anyone's familiar with me, it's probably for my Marvel cover work. But I've also done quite a bit of Hasbro stuff recently on the Marvel Legends series, oh. the uh, the toys. Yes. So if you guys have seen the Deadpool motorcycle or perhaps the Squirrel Girl uh, Vespa that just came out, and we at uh, Toy Fair actually yesterday they announced a series of seven Age of Apocalypse figures that have side art, uh, side panel art rather by me. Oh, that's cool. Okay, sorry. I know. I know. I told you three questions, but I got to ask you this. Um, was Age of Apocalypse one of your best sto- um, best X-Men stories? Of course. I'm a giant X-Men nerd going way back, and if you care about the X-Men at all, then proud chances are you liked the Age of Apocalypse storyline, and I was no different. So that was that was a real treat for me to be able to draw those characters. That's pretty cool. Okay, sorry. We're going to get back to the questions. Um, <laughs> what, um, what are the um, upcoming covers that you're excited about? Um, that you're excited about doing or what what covers are coming out in the next couple months that you want people to really look forward to cool yeah we have we just announced a dark marvel series of variant covers i did the x-factor one it'll appear on x-factor number two uh in april april or may one of the two and uh really excited about that it's gotten already a really great reaction online so usually that means it's going to be fairly popular when it comes out and i hope you guys look for that one also, Empire is a big new event from Marvel uh, coming out. I got a couple of pieces for Empire. One of them is the uh, the uh, Wakanda series, the Invasion of Wakanda series. I'll be doing one of the variants for that. And uh, plus an X-Men related something to be announced soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but definitely look for me in Empire. Um, what else? We got some other secret projects brewing that I can't <laughs> talk about yet, but uh, watch my Instagram for, for all the latest news. And then where can people follow you on social media? Well, I am under my own name. David Nakayama is my handle for both Instagram and Twitter. Mm -hmm. So that's a good place to find me. Also on Facebook at David David Nakayama Art. And then um, um, what are your next um, convention appearances? Sure, we got a few. Um, Next week, after The Amazing Show, uh, and uh, I'll be at C2E2 for the first time. Really looking forward to that one. Sort of a legendary show. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the month after, we'll be at uh, Toronto to check that one out. Haven't been to that one either, Fanex t- or Toronto. Um, then I believe it's WonderCon, yeah. which I'm working on. Not locked in yet, but 90% sure I'll be at that. Uh, then we got Boston and I believe New York at the end of the year. Uh, they haven't opened the you know the uh, slots yet, but I will for sure be putting my name into that one and hope to be back again this year. That's pretty cool. That really is. Um, let's see. Let me. I'm just trying to look through my next questions. So, um, besides meeting the fans, what was your favorite 
um, con moment, convention moment. Sure. So many, many years ago when I was a student artist, was about to go off to the Joe Kubert School, I had sort of just finished college and wasn't really good enough to get a job yet, was on my way to the Kubert School. I had a portfolio with me and I was in San Diego Comic-Con just kind of, you know, wandering about trying to figure out what I could do to, to learn something or push my portfolio or do whatever you got to do. And I was at the DC booth and I saw my hero, my number one art hero, Adam Hughes, sitting, standing rather, right there in the DC booth. Mm -hmm. And it took every ounce of my willpower to go up to this guy and ask him, you know, can you please look in my portfolio? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I didn't expect anything. I thought he could, he could easily say, no, I don't have time for yeah. that. He could have easily excused himself, but instead he took 20 minutes to go through my portfolio and tell me, you know, what he thought of it and gave me real tips that like underpin my entire approach to art to this day. In particular, he said, you know, your art's cool, but you don't, you haven't decided what all the lines are for, you know? He told me to make sure that I knew what every line I put down was there for. Mm -hmm. And that has led me to become a very clean and precise artist along, you know, his lines. Yeah. You know, it's possible to make art with lots of little lines that don't matter. Yeah. But that was the moment in my life where I, where I changed course and decided to draw the way I do. That's pretty cool. Sorry, I'm just going to ask one follow-up question. Um, do you, are you like friends with Adam Hughes now? Since you're no, no, not at, not at all. I wish I was. Uh, uh, he he's so important to me and to my life and how I am as an artist. And I've said on many times on social media that that much. Um, but uh, you know, I I, I wouldn't say we, we we never hung out or anything yeah. like that. One time I homaged one of his pieces and I felt super guilty and nervous about it because he's so important to me. Mm -hmm. So I, 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 I couldn't bring myself to draw it exactly the same way he did. I changed the complete camera angle and I still put, you know, after Adam Hughes. Yeah. And we had a, a, a nice exchange on Twitter about it. You know, uh, he, he said something positive about it. I expected nothing. Yeah. So it was, it was nice, you know. That's pretty cool. Sorry, there. I'm going to start wrapping this up. Um, any last words to our listeners? Uh, thanks for listening. And if you follow my work at all, I really appreciate it. Couldn't be here and do this without you. And where can people find you on social media? Well, definitely uh, under my own name, David Nakayama, all one word, on Twitter and Instagram, David Nakayama Art. David Nakayama Art. I keep tongue-tying myself on that one. Uh, on Facebook. Again, David, thank you for your time. Thanks for having me. Until next time, guys, aloha. Thank you.